Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part and in full, on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for joining us today, Mandy, and 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 being here and um, coming on to talk to me. Um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and sort of tell everyone a little bit about you, and then we can kind of go more into your story. And I know I might ask you some questions, and yeah. Awesome. So my name is Mandy Rod Sherman. I am 33 years old. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am a respiratory therapist um, by trade. And I also do social media where I educate people on cystic fibrosis, which is the disease that I was born with and that I have, which has caused my infertility. Um, and since I have started the surrogacy process to grow our family, I now try and provide education um, on my page about that as well. Wow. So so cystic fibrosis is what you've got that kind of um, has impacted your fertility and ability to have children. So how has that affected you? Like going all the way back to the beginning, even from like whether you wanted to have kids or you didn't, like how have things sort of progressed did you always know that it was going to be a problem? Um, I was told my whole life that I would never be able to have children. So it's something that I had to accept really young. I knew I always wanted to have children. I always wanted to be a mom and grow my family. So I kept hope alive um, that somehow, some way that would happen for me. And you know, doctors have kind of told me a lot of things that haven't come to fruition. And I've been able to beat the odds, you might say, having cystic fibrosis. I'm 33 years old. And when I was born, they told me that I would only live till I was 18. So the life expectancy is like really young. Um, that's part of the reason why, you know, because most people with CF when I was born weren't even making it into adulthood you know, they were passing away earlier. And so they just kind of like tell you as you're growing up, like, don't expect to get married, don't expect to go to college, you'll be lucky if you graduate high school, you know, like, your long term goals are like your teenage years, if that, you know. Mm. And so that was kind of what was always looming over me. And my family I have wonderful parents that taught me a great mindset and to live with faith and hope and just be like, you know, what? we're not going to focus on the life expectancy. We're not going to focus on the death sentence or the countdown clock above our head. We're just going to focus on like what we have now and proactively like prepare your health for what may come. And so I do believe that that mindset probably had some like manifesting power um, so that I didn't pass away in my teenage years, you know, like, I didn't just think like, oh, 
I'm going to go like eat, drink, be married, party, because tomorrow I'm going to die. I was like, okay, if I could live past 18, like what would I want my life to look like? So I still took like the ACTs and SATs and applied for college where other people with my same disease, they weren't doing that because they're just like, no, I just want to focus on the here and now, which I did. And I lived life to the fullest because I'm like, I really might only have 18 years. Um, but just in case, I'm going to try and set myself up for some sort of success. And, you know, my parents taught me that like when I was really little. So, yes, I had heard my whole life I wasn't going to have kids. I'd heard my whole life I would die as a teenager. And I learned that hope can move mountains. You know, just having that hope gave me something to hold on to. And that hope was the drive that I needed when things were dark. So um, part of my disease and why I am, I struggle with infertility is one, one factor was the age, right? People with my disease living long enough to carry a baby. The second thing is my disease is a respiratory disease. So I am in the hospital frequently with lung infections and I have loss of lung function. My lung capacity is not normal. I do three hours of lung treatments every day. Like I hook up to a machine to help me be able to breathe. And when somebody's carrying a baby, it's hard for them to breathe anyways, but I already struggle with like lower lung capacity. And so that creates a risk for my health, which is one of the reasons why the doctors would advise against it. And another concept of my disease is my body actually doesn't digest my own food. My pancreas is insufficient and doesn't work. So I have to take medication to digest my food. And then as the food passes through my intestines, my whole digestive system stinks and only about one third of the nutrients that I eat gets absorbed. So then you have the idea of like to sustain my life, I'm on a 4,000 to 5,000 calorie a diet per day, which the normal is like 2,000, right? So just to sustain mine, I'm like eating double. And then to be able to eat enough to like grow and sustain another life, there's just so many yeah. different complications. Yeah, and, and then, obviously, like, the absorption of that as well. So you might even have to do, like, four times. The, right, right. To just kind of be able to get that into the baby as well. And obviously, you, like yeah. you said, like, pushing on the lungs and the lungs are the problem as well. Yeah. Correct. Men that are born with my disease, they are infertile as well in the sense that their van's deference actually doesn't form. Oh. It's just, like, a really interesting uh, we don't really know why that happens but they are their statistics are they're 99 sterile you can't say 100 because there's always an outlier right <laughs> so that is how men struggle with infertility dealing with cystic fibrosis and then the females we just have all sorts of complications and we also have our reproductive organs have really, really thick mucosal linings. So it's difficult for like the sperm to make it to where it needs to be. Our periods are severely irregular. 
scar tissue everywhere. So it's just kind of, there's a lot that makes it very difficult to get pregnant and then to like grow a fetus and a baby. God, that must be so different. But I suppose, you know, I've been, I've been talking to a lot of ladies and, and one of them, she sort of, she's gone through quite a lot in her life. And I was like, oh, that must be really shocking for you. And then I was like, but then it's what you know. So it's it's a very odd thing, like being someone who, who's not in your shoes, who hasn't experienced that and kind of being like, oh, that must be so hard. And then you're like, but that's that's literally all you've known. Like that's your that's been your life. And I do, I, I find it so frustrating when doctors say things like, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do this, you know, you're not gonna do that, as if they know everything. And you know, right. they give you these death sentences and they they are wrong sometimes and when people fight and they have that hope and they're like I'm not taking that diagnosis lying down there is power in that and you're right it's hope it's hope it's a drive it's a thirst for life and I think if you didn't have that that upbringing of your parents going you know you can we can still do this like don't you know listen to that above your head it could have very easily, yeah, gone the other way and you could have kind of given up and maybe you wouldn't even be sitting here because if you don't have hope, like, what do you have? Like, if you're just like, oh, well, I'm I'm just going to, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, right. It's just like, okay, I'll just kill over and, you know, kill over and die. Like, oh my goodness. I don't know. Like, I'll just roll over. Okay. You tell me I can't have kids or X, Y, or Z and you just take mm-hmm. it. Like, I, you know, I, I do appreciate like the bluntness and the frankness Mm. of my doctors because that's just how I like to receive information. I don't really like to sugarcoat things. So I respond well to that. I can take it and then evaluate it for myself and decide what to do for it instead of kind of like beating around the bush. But I know so many people that can't handle that because it just shuts them down, you know? Yeah, And it, it is definitely like, I think a skill that I had to learn because, you know, I mean, I've been going to doctors every three months since I was born. So I've had to deal with that, like frankness and yeah. not shutting like down it. from it. Right. Like, a um, but like as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what you said, um, you know, it, it is all I've known. So I did have many years to come to terms of not carrying a child. I am married. I've been married for eight years. That was a conversation that I had to have with my now husband when we were dating, like, which is a make or break it for people, you know, in a relationship, like, Hey, I need you to know, I can't have children. Are you okay? One, either never having children or two, not having a biological child, you know, and it Obviously, the conversation went well with my now husband, that, that, but that wasn't my experience through my entire years of dating, you know? So it played an interesting dynamic in my life when I was trying to find a partner and somebody to support me through all of it. Because a lot of people suffering from infertility, it's not something that they have years to come to grips with, you know? It's unexpected and it's thrown onto their lap. And that's kind of what I had to do to anybody that I was dating. You know, I think everybody just kind of 
hopes and dreams. Like the norm is to have children and you can have your own children and it's going to be easy and you can have kids whenever you want. You can plan them. You know, that's the picture that Hollywood and everybody paints, but that's not the reality. And so I think all of us in this community have had that reality of like, oh, that's, that's not how it is for me. But I had a few years to handle it where my husband, you know, I just kind of spring it on him and we had to have those hard discussions. And, you know, I was like, Hey, and ultimately he was so kind. And he was like, you know what? Like, I want to be with you for you, not for like what children you could give me. And that was just very, very sweet. So we entered the journey holding hands and figured, you know, I was like, look, I have hope. I'm not sure how, but I think we're going to be able to grow our family sometime. I'm not planning on dying. I do everything I can to stay healthy and to fight those odds. And like, that's how I want to handle this too. So if you're willing to go into that with me, like, let's do this. Yeah. And and I think that is the mindset, you know, that, that is the living mindset. You look so healthy and, you know, ready and, and wanting life. And I think that, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not saying it saves everyone, but I mean, you look great. Um, it's obviously doing wonders for you. So thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, mindset is really big for me. So I, I focus a lot on that and just really try to live my life proactively instead of reactively. So I, I go to the doctors every three months and I get a lot of bad news. And so I just kind of try and in each area of my life, like set myself up for a little bit of success every day. And that looks different, but it's, I've gotten to where I am. And so I think there's something to that. <laughs> I keep experimenting every day. <laughs> yeah. I, it must be kind of a sort of touch and go kind of play it by ear type experience, especially if you're getting different news every month and, and um, having to go in and kind of unravel things. I mean, I get annoyed just having to go and get checkups sometimes <laughs> and uh, I couldn't imagine going all the time. So, <laughs> well, again, it's all I know. So puts it into perspective though. And I think you sharing your story, you know, that is going to help people with the same condition tenfold because they're seeing success. They're seeing someone who's, who's 33, who, you know, isn't, supposed to be here based on the doctor's you know so-called predictions that's just amazing and hopefully they'll see it as like a a miracle and that can happen to me too and then they'll they'll get a first for life too and be like yes I can I can make these plans and I can do these things I think that is the most important thing and I, I love that you're focused on mindset so um how did you and your husband kind of move into this process of, okay, we're ready to have kids now and we want to do it this way? Like, how did you get to that point? I know you said you lost an embryo. How did that go? Um, so we, I do have a seven-year-old son and I've known for like a long time that I wanted to give him a sibling and we wanted to expand our family and we knew that it wasn't me, you know, it wasn't going to come from me. So we've had to, we're like, okay, so how are we going to do this? What is our avenue? And we, we thought 
a lot about adoption and we thought a lot about fostering and neither of them like felt right. And so we kind of just thought, okay, it's the timing's not right. You know, like, so we will just keep these avenues open and when the timing is right, we'll know to like move forward. And I actually have a friend who also has my same disease and she grew her family from surrogacy. She's 10 years older than me, but I connected with her. And when I heard her story, it was like, I don't, it, it, the idea came to me and I was like, that's another option. Like that's something we could do. And when I like had thought it through, I was like, I, I believe this is the path that we're supposed to take to grow our family. And so we started down that path and, you know, it was tricky. I think we've had three failed like surrogacy matches and attempts. And so it was heartbreaking and kind of wanting to give up like, okay, maybe this isn't, this isn't the path, you know, cause you do when you hit like fail after fail after fail, it's hard to stay positive and motivated and like willing to try again. Right. But that's where kind of the hope was. And we knew like, Hey, we just have to keep our hope alive and we have to keep our feelers out there and be willing to take any path that we feel is right in, in the time. And so we weren't set just like we are only doing surrogacy to grow our family or we are only doing, you know, adoption to grow our family. We kind of just left all the doors open and we're waiting for the right thing at the right time. And I ended up having one of my friends, she came to me and she didn't know that we were doing this. It We'd kind of kept it under wraps. Um, it's a little bit kind of taboo. Surrogacy is a little bit. I, I live in the States. It's, it's legal here. People do it. Um, but it's kind of more the Kim Kardashians and the celebrities are the ones that do surrogacy, you know, and they do it because they have the money and their careers are based on their bodies. And, you know, so it's just kind of like a, oh, you do surrogacy if you're this elite status. And when my friend had told me, my mentor with uh, my same disease that she did it, she normalized it in my brain that like, anybody can actually do this. This is an opportunity for anybody. Mm. And I qualify just as much as anybody else. You know, I don't have to have a career based on my body or my looks or have a multi-million dollars, you know, like if I'm willing to put in the work, I believe it will all fall into place. And so we weren't advertising that we were doing this. Um, but my friend, she came to me and was like, I've been thinking about this. And I don't know if this is something you and Rick would even want, which is my husband's name. But I would love to carry a baby for you if that's something you guys are interested in doing. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it was like crazy. And I couldn't even believe what was happening to me. And so I told her, I was like, can you just wait so I can go get Rick? Because if we have this conversation and then I go tell him, he's not going to believe it because it's so like unreal that somebody came to us. Right. And so like, that's just so rare. I feel 
Um, but yeah, so my cute friend offered and we are tomorrow. So when this airs, we'll be like a few more weeks, but, um, tomorrow is February 3rd and we will be 20 weeks pregnant at that time. Beautiful. I'm actually at that point right now myself. Um, Are you serious? 20 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so, me and me and your um surrogate we might be uh having a baby at the same time that would be awesome do you know like your due date yeah it's the 20th but apparently um I might be a few days late like early like it might be a few days like later than that okay. so I, okay so like so tomorrow you're 20 weeks and I think tomorrow I'm supposed to be 20 weeks so technically I'm 20 weeks okay. now but but because they kept my same due date but they were like but technically it's probably a few days like yeah so okay yeah oh my gosh this is such a great connection we'll just have to you know yeah. keep in touch follow each other on Instagram and see be, it'd be really cool if we have birth stories have the same and, oh yeah <laughs> absolutely oh that's oh. so wonderful though and I'm I'm so great I'm so glad and and just that's so gr- that's a great great thing that your friend's done and and that you you have that that chance um thank you I'm, I'm a Christian I don't know if what's your um beliefs but that yes yeah that is just that just like that's like a blessing and like yeah. timing and ah, oh, yeah. like I just I instantly think like that's that's God that's God blessing yeah. you and blessing your family that's just amazing I love it yeah I I fully believe that so and she does too she was like I've never had this thought or this idea ever and she's mm-hmm. like I don't feel called to be a surrogate but I feel called to be a surrogate for your baby like I think this is your baby and God that are you know giving me this opportunity oh, that's so, so beautiful I really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com. Please note that all speakers, including experts and professionals, express information, views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions or conclusions expressed.